0: Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, all ar- right. Good
1: go. some bad hat hair. Girl. It's
0: a cool show. Get any of that?
1: Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful friend of yours. Marm, we're out. Marm, no, we're i make it Good
0: day, everybody. And so, Hello, and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge-watch, deep-dive, and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordas. I'm Damask Luru. And today we'll be discussing Russian Doll Season 2. Damask, it feels like forever since we did one of these and it has been about four weeks or five mm-hmm. weeks, I think, since we did a review episode. Four What's weeks been happening?
1: or seven years, who can tell? <laughs> What's been um, happening with you? You know, I had the COVID. Mm. That was that was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, you know, just kind of doing that, that f- spending time at home. I watched... Um, Season two, three, and four of Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> That's oh, how I nice. spent my time. And I built a massive, gorgeous, gorgeous castle in my brother's um, Minecraft realm. So I did Very that. Cool. You know, it has been super productive. You know me.
0: Very cool. Have you been watching or have you watched any of Strange New Worlds yet? The new Star Trek show that's like Captain Park and...
1: No, no. Because I was really struggling in season two of Discovery because it was mm-hmm. awful. Um, and then it just wasn't giving me, you know, any kind of Star Trek vibes. And you recommended uh, New Worlds. And I was like, that seems more my jam. Mm-hmm. Though as Discovery goes on, it does get there. So that okay. was, So, that's why I didn't go on to Strange New Worlds from there.
0: I've watched the first three episodes now of Strange New Worlds, and I kind of mm. like it. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I, it's, cool. It's, it's, it's not trying to do some big, like, mystery or anything like that. Yeah. It's got, like, one kind of storyline thread mm. that's propelling, particularly Captain Pike's sort of storyline a little bit, yeah. um, which is also a little bit meta, which I kind of like about it too. Mm. But then, like, every episode so far, has just been like, here's today's adventure of the week, here's today's adventure of the week, yeah. here's today's... And you know, based around a little bit of mm-hmm. moral and scientific quandary. It's been pretty cool. Very yeah. Star Trek. I like that.
1: And in Discovery, like, you do obviously spend quite a bit of time with Pike and Number 2, and mm-hmm. they're both great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I will enjoy it by the time I get around to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, for those wondering why my voice sounds like this, um, a it's I guess it's a homage to Natasha Lyonne, uh, since we're doing Russian Doll Season 2. I may as well get into the voice. Uh, last night, um, I was at the football, but then... Our fucking government got overturned finally, and we've got a new, a more progressive, I won't say progressive, but a more progressive government (laughs) in Australia as of last night. And uh, I was celebrating pretty hard because of that. Yes. uh, Amen to that. That's part of what's going on here. Uh, So let's take that excellent energy and get to our spoiler free review of Russian Doll Season 2. Let me clue you in.
1: Season in review.
0: We return to New York City four years after the events of Russian Doll Season 1 to find Nadia, who is quickly approaching her 40th birthday, getting caught up in some brand new timey-wimey hijinks. The core creative trio of Natasha Lyonne, Leslie Headland, and Amy Poehler all return, as do most of the major cast of Season 1, alongside newcomers Annie Murphy, Shalto Copley, Irene Bardan, Elona McRae, Athena Papadimitriou, Francesca Farkas, Ephraim Sykes, and Would You Believe, Rosie O'Donnell. Aside from still playing the now-iconic Nadia, Leon also directed three episodes this season, up from just one in the previous season, sharing the director's chair with Alex Buono. Season two of Russian Doll consists of seven episodes, each coming in at around 30 minutes, and took us approximately three hours and 25 minutes to watch. At the time of this recording, it has not been confirmed if Russian Doll will return for a third season. So, Damask... Please remind our listeners what your thoughts were or feelings were on Russian Dolls season one when we reviewed that about three years ago.
1: (laughs) It was quite a while ago. Um, I loved it. I was obsessed. It kind of came out of the blue. It was um, unexpected to say the least in terms of not only just it arriving, but also the story that it was telling. It was complex. It was interesting. Natasha Lyonne was at her absolute best in terms of her charm, charisma, humor, all of that stuff. Everything seemed to come together to create a really strong show that I certainly very much responded to.
0: Absolutely. I think we were both really, really um, head over heels for season one in a lot mm. of ways. Yep. I came in with the controversial, uh, I think it's a four out of five. Maybe if I watch it again, <laughs> it'll be a five. And by the end of the, our discussion, I was like, shit, <laughs> this! Sh- I should have given this a five. I'm actually giving this a five now. Um, mm. Really, really, really loved season one. Um, and yeah, the the comedy stylings definitely, I think the, the premise, while not necessarily unique, was handled in such a fun and different way. Mm-hmm. The overall storyline and metaphor and sort of the themes of the show was so well executed upon. Um, it was hard not to be completely enchanted by Russian Doll season one. Um, and it was interesting heading into season two we wondered sort of what that would look like. There was lots of discussions about would it be a direct continuation? Would it still be around Nadia? Would it be maybe a different cast or centered on a different main character with Nadia as supporting anthology type thing? We weren't really sure. So it was always curious to see what season two would be. Um, So with that in mind, Damask, would you like to give us your spoiler-free review of Russian Doll season two?
1: Sure, why not? <laughs> All right, so firstly, it's important to note that after the first season of Russian Doll, which is approximately 17 million years ago, <laughs> it was also around the time of my 30th birthday. And that birthday was TV themed because, of course, it was. Mm. Um, and Russian Doll was at the forefront of almost everyone's mind. I had at least two Nadias at the party. I think there was three from memory. There, there, there might have even out. been I reckon three. <laughs> there was three. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, if I could have, I even thought about how I could recreate the bathroom vortex in my own bathroom. Um, so, it was very much a part of that party. And yet this year, with this season, I don't think I've really spoken to a single person about season two. And it's not because it was necessarily bad, but I think its impact is certainly less. You know, this season is all about time and there is an inherent helplessness when you have to succumb to time. Nadia seems determined to change her fate this season, but, you know, the TV film world has told me that you can't really change your fate unless, of course, you're the Avengers, but no spoilers there, I suppose, for a film that's (laughs) at least five years old. Um. With perceived endless possibilities, Nadia must face that certain familial inheritance can't be avoided, and sometimes that's hard to watch. She wants to change a lot of things, um, but you know, us as viewers know that perhaps most likely probably can't. And I think because of that, this season is somehow less interesting than the first. Could they have done something strange and new with time? Of course, they could have. Um, those possibilities should be, and I think can be endless, but I don't think they are this time around. Alan's character, who was a really wonderful addition to season one, um, seems much, much, much less important this season. I keep I kept waiting for it all to tie together for a twist that would bring satisfaction, but honestly, it didn't come. He, you know, he's got his own thing going on, but my. Goodness, it doesn't really seem anywhere near as important as the main storyline of Nadia. And I don't think that's because of the show failing to achieve what it wanted. I think it was kind of the point. I think they were doing what they wanted, but I also think they perhaps forgot, I don't know, the audience in terms of the story creation.
0: Do you think they felt inclined to include Alan in the series and maybe it was an afterthought or the core idea didn't leave enough room And but they, they felt they had to include it. Maybe they were even told they had to include it from higher-ups um, even if it didn't necessarily enhance or contribute to the season that much.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's impossible to know. I think there's probably a great love for the actor in terms of the people who are making the show and want to include him because he is wonderful. Um, But that means you then need to spend a huge amount of time making sure that the story you give him feels legitimate to the audience watching and not feeling as though it's an add-on. And unfortunately it, felt like an add-on. And I don't know the parameters around why it feels that way, but that's just simply um the end product, unfortunately. Um so last season the characters were brought to life through an absurd plot. This season the characters seemed weighed down by it. You know, Natasha Leon is forever a charming gem, but this season for me personally just isn't as good as the first. I'm hoping that this is the second act and the third season will bring growth and realizations that the second was lacking. You know, this may be the growing pains of season two. It might be simply an important step that isn't as satisfying for the characters to take. So when we get to season three, it's really going to hold a punch. Um, But as it stands at the moment, I can't help but feel disappointed by the second outing of Russian Doll. And that's my review.
0: Very good. Uh, I think I'm in a very similar place to you overall. It's funny thinking about my experience with season one, when I listened Mm. back to our review of season one, and my I sort of started watching that show and felt a little bit bit baffled, a bit disconnected. I had a hard time finding my way into the show. And then about halfway, actually at the point where the character of Alan was introduced, Mm. I... Suddenly it's like the show came into focus for me and everything got better from there and it sort of like ramped up. And then on reflection, going back and watching season one again, the start even the earlier parts or the first half of the season worked for me, sort of when I knew where they were getting to. This time around it was like the opposite experience. Mm -hmm. Rather than being a bit baffled and then everything coming coming into focus. I was super into the show from the jump. I was like, this is a great Mm. concept. This is a great idea. They're having so much fun with it. And then as the season continued, I became more baffled by like, oh, okay, this doesn't quite this isn't quite doing enough with this great idea. I
1: totally agree with that. That was my sentiment as well.
0: Yeah, it's a strong new concept and it's a damn hard thing to follow up such a strong first season. We've talked about this before. Sophomore seasons are really, really difficult. The second season can be very make or break. And you wonder sometimes whether a show or a concept is only good for one season. Maybe it shouldn't mm. have a second season. But what was weird is that this I thought this concept d- did have potential. They, The, the idea oh, was totally. there, a great follow-up idea to season one. But for some reason, it wasn't coming together as something great. It has some excellent moments some really fantastic uses of that core conceit um there are highlights in this season I look forward to talking about when we get to spoilers but it just didn't build to a successful end point the same way that season one did I also found something that was a little bit frustrating was it felt it needed to continue to tie itself back to season one in a couple of ways that felt limiting um things like referencing lines that became memes after season one more than once there were like repeated lines and ideas and i know this is a Tommy wimey show the idea of things repeating is like built into season one but it almost kind of felt like they couldn't escape the vortex of season one's popularity and i kind of wish mm. they were better at being able to just like cut themselves loose from that and do something new without having to feel like they had to repeat what season one was doing to some degree as you said uh, like I think Nadia's storyline, in an overall sense, is compelling. It has some great ideas in there. It even gets to a place that I'm like, cool, yeah, that's a complete thought. But maybe it wasn't executed as well as I would have liked mm-hmm. it to have been. Alan's storyline was a big nothing for me. It yeah. he, he, he either needed to go much, much, much further with this idea or just not be there at all. Yeah. Um. And this it's interesting that this season is one episode shorter than the original season. And you're like... Should this have been one episode shorter or one episode longer to add more room for Alan? I don't really know what the solution was there, but the Alan stuff just really left me cold. Um, I also wondered, I don't know if you feel this way and maybe it's me just not remembering season one well enough because it's been a while since I've watched that as well. Mm. I kind of felt like this season had a a slightly more frantic energy than season one, a little bit more
1: scattered. The edit was kind of blunt at times. Yeah, I think scattered is the word word, because I think like the first season certainly is frenetic. Like yes. it feels out of control and like a whole bunch of stuff is happening all at the same time. You're like, what the fuck's going on? Yep. Um, But towards, you know, the middle and end, you're like, mm. oh, okay, purpose, intention, it's all there. I feel safe as a viewer. Yes. Yes. This one doesn't feel that way. It's like there's a whole bunch of ideas here and thoughts here. It doesn't feel thought through though that purpose is missing um which i think yeah is a huge detriment to the plot is this a
0: bad season of television no i don't think it is at all but it doesn't come together nearly as well as season one and as much as i'm sort of hoping for a season three um so it can end on a better note Mm. at the same time i kind of also wish it maybe just stayed as a single season this to be and I I hate people who say this, like this ruined Russian doll by doing a second season. It doesn't it doesn't ruin the first season whatsoever. No. Um but it does make you worry, it's like, yeah, this they should have never gone for a season two or season three. Maybe should have stayed as season one. It was such a perfect gem that it only had one season in it. But if season three does happen, I'll still be excited, particularly if it's a final season, maybe a third act to round things out. But yeah, at mm. this point, this was a rocky season two yeah
1: I think that first season had such a wonderful control of its deeper meanings and metaphors and this season it's I feel like it's telling me a confused metaphor you know when someone gets lost in their own thought I felt that quite a a bit particularly when we were coming towards the end of the season I was like I get, like, I can understand what you're trying to do here. Yeah. But it feels confused and messy, whereas the first season felt so tight.
0: I think, in some ways, Season 2, and this will be easy to talk about when we get to spoilers, obviously. Season 2 has a similar trajectory to Season 1, where our characters sort of on the wrong trajectory for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's not until towards the end they start to figure out what really the solution is, what the lesson is meant to be. Mm-hmm. But this time around, I... Figured out pretty early what the season was probably going to be about, like yeah, what the theme course. was. And then by the time I got there, I was like, boy, it took a long time to get to something that like seemed, seemed apparent to me really early on. And then getting there didn't seem organically fulfilling for the character of Nadia no, or for yeah, me. Well,
1: that seems like when we get there, mm-hmm. I don't think the getting there is well told in terms I agree. of- um, the feeling of the audience. I was like, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. But when we're there, I don't feel any kind of catharsis or satisfaction or I, I felt unfulfilled and honestly really sad. And I don't think it's, maybe it is. It could
0: be on purpose. It could be on purpose. But, but, on purpose, but you got to be careful it, when you're doing that.
1: Yeah. It didn't seem, that on purpose didn't seem on camera it was just like this is just how I'm walking away feeling um after watching it but oh I really needed a moment here yes really needed a moment from Nadia yeah of acknowledgement of uh, uh, even a speck of understanding um of what had just transpired and I didn't get that and so I felt a little bit empty and dissatisfied
0: I can't wait to talk to sp- two about this <laughs> in spoilers now because I feel like the exact same way. Yeah. Very quickly before we give our score, um, you were talking about how no one's talking about this season. You felt mm. like season one, there was sort of this mini little phenomena that was happening. Everyone was talking about it. People were mm. really excited about season one. This hasn't happened with season two. Do you have any theories on, do you think it's just the quality of the season? I have a theory that people just haven't watched it, that it felt like it sort of came out of nowhere very quickly And was gone just as quickly. But I I mean,
1: that was the case with the first season. It felt like it came out of nowhere. Yes. People watched it and were like, oh my God, this is really good. And I think this season came out of nowhere and- People watched it, but it wasn't as good. So there's no need to tell your friends be like, oh my God, you've got to watch se- season two. Or, that, oh my God, we've got to chat about season two.
0: That that like telling people to go and watch it or not definitely yeah. is missing 100%. It's also not fresh and new this time around because we've had a season one. So even if it was, let's say it was as good or just mm. sl- just a smidge below it, I yeah. think people are going to have a hard time, you know, it's n- people don't want to talk about it because it's not fresh anymore necessarily. I think also, I just think Netflix are just doing a fucking shit job of of promoting these things now. Netflix yeah. is going through a very turbulent time at the oh moment. Oh boy,
1: isn't it just...
0: And we talked a lot about this on uh, the Off Topic Hot Topic we did with Paul and Liam when you were um, unwell. Mm. Um, but this this is the sort of problem. They've got this very unique, I still think good television show, That, but I, I'm surprised it hasn't been talked about more. I really am. And whether that's the quality of the show or whether that's Netflix advertising or a mixture of both... Something went kind of wrong here and I am pr- I'm convinced that it's not getting a season three. With Netflix cutting th- shows left, right and center at the moment and they couldn't even finish Glow, get it, oh let God, have it have a season four that, that. that they announced they were going to do, yeah. I just think there's a very strong chance we don't get a season three. Uh, possible What are you scoring this out of five?
1: <sighs> um... All right, for no other reason than simply my enjoyment of it, um, I think I'm gonna have to. I don't. I don't think it's a bad show at all, but I mm-hmm. do think I'm gonna have to give it just a simple three point five.
0: I am also giving it three point five. I'm giving it a relatively high-ish three point yeah. five. Yeah. it's better than some shows I give a three point five. I could even almost argue it's better than some shows I've given a four, but. When I look at my thing of like three stars is decent and four stars is excellent, it's not excellent enough at the Mm -hmm. time. There are some big weaknesses, I think, that mean Mm -hmm. you can't quite push it there. It's close. It's almost to a four, but I couldn't in good conscience give it a four. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: Now, before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the show to please review us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars or a glowing review our way.
0: And when we reach 25 written reviews, we will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1.
1: We'd also love you to share hunting seasons with anyone in your life that obsessively wants to talk to you about the latest show they've watched. Shove this in their face and it'll make them super happy. That's a money-back guarantee.
0: <laughs> uh, our next episode, which should be a couple of weeks away, we'll be back to review Atlanta Season 3. So if you'd like to contribute to our discussion of Atlanta, if you have any thoughts on Russian Doll, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at HuntingSCast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for Russian Doll Season 2. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. All right, I want to start because we Mm -hmm. sort of were were tiptoeing around it so much in our spoiler-free review. Yeah. What it was that, like... The the overall theme, the the where this was all headed, leading, what it built up to, mm-hmm. that you felt like it didn't quite achieve getting to that moment, or or emotionally wasn't quite there for you.
1: Well, what's her name? Ruthie? Is that the character's name? It,
0: it's all about Ruth. Ruth. Yeah.
1: It it was the ruth of it all. Um. So obviously, so we've got two forces battling one another, which is, um, coming to terms with your past and feeling it. You know this incredible desire to change it, alter, Mm -hmm. um, rewrite your history and also appreciating those around you who have supported you, given you love, other wonderful things in your life and being present and appreciating that. So there are two opposing forces this season. And um, I think quite early on you discover that that is exactly what – Nadia's lesson is going to be this season is to, like, yes, you want to overcome your past, heal the past, rewrite the past, whatever it is, but really ultimately she's going to learn to appreciate her present or certainly realize that she should have appreciated the present. All great stuff. Fabulous. We get to that, what, final episode? Um, Ruth has gone. She's passed away. I didn't find... Is there, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I missed it, one moment of catharsis or realisation on the point of Nadia that really pulls that all together.
0: It, I guess the argument is that, like, it's meant to be a pretty tragic scenario that's happened here, that mm. Nadia, in getting so engrossed in, like, her own family history, has mm-hmm. sort of missed seeing her kind of mm. surrogate mother's End of her sorry. has somehow underappreciated, missed the end of her life because she got so wrapped up in herself, mm-hmm. and so it's not meant to be cathartic. I guess it's meant to be sort of this tragic but, moment.
1: But even in like, but even within tragedy, as a viewer, there can be catharsis to watch it. Sure, I'm not necessarily talking about catharsis on ter- in terms of Nadia's experience, mm-hmm. but having her at least acknowledge. The gravity of having missed that opportunity. I guess to that's see what her really have that moment. And I don't think we got that. I think it it's there.
0: If it's there, if it's there, because I agree mm. with you in a in a lot of senses that it doesn't it, it cause cause you can feel it coming, right? Because you yeah. know that's what this is, is about. Her friends are telling her, you mm-hmm. know, she keeps missing phone calls, she's everything, right? Yeah. You feel like there needs to be a moment of reckoning mm. that you feel and it kind of is abstract is the problem like mm. they have this thing where they go into this trains they've paid the toll to fucking horse or whatever and everyone's already on the way to the funeral and stuff and um, it- it's all it's all abstract and obtuse mm-hmm. and then they get hit by the trains and then they go into the like the pit under new york the void or whatever it is mm. and it's just it's not fulfilling, I don't think. No, In the same agree. way that season one's ending was so amazing, because not only did what well, season one still seems like a magic trick to me that it ended so well, that getting to the end of season one and like coming to terms with with her mom and, and mm-hmm. what went down with her as a child, but then when they're when her and Alan are split into different realities and have to save each other from dying that night, it's like there was this extra element of like they by By finding each other, they were able to help each other and save each other sort of thing. And then essentially those timelines, I guess, like, re-merged into each other at the end of the season, which is what's happening under that bridge at the end of season one or whatever, right? When they go into the tunnel or whatever it is. It's it's got the cool imagery of them landing in that, like, thing of water. It's got, there's an emptiness there, I guess. They're having these conversations, like, Nadi with her mother and Alan with his grandmother, I think. And then, but none of it... Yeah, it's missing that something that makes you go, oh, I felt that. I finally felt what that was all about. It doesn't get there.
1: Yeah, I think for like all of its kind of absurdity or abstractness, season Mm -hmm. one always felt like, okay, me as a human in that situation, Mm -hmm. you could feel the emotion around it. Um, whereas I think they get lost in the abstract here. I think they get lost in how they're going to tell the story as opposed to focusing on what are people feeling as they watch it.
0: Well, let's talk about – we'll start with Nadia's story, obviously. Mm-hmm. In general, how did you feel about this journey? This She gets on the six train. She's transported mm-hmm. back to 1982, I think it is. Um she is in the body of her own mother mm-hmm. who is pregnant with herself. Like, yeah. all, like straight away, I'm just like, this is fucking wild. This yeah. is like, I love <laughs> it. It's like, if Doctor Who could just be a little more edgier and weird. Yeah. Uh, is she going to sleep with what might be her dad, but probably <laughs> isn't her dad. But like, what the fuck is happening yeah. here? Like, straight away, I was like, mm. this is so cool and weird and mm. still timey-wimey, but very different to what we did in season one. Um, yeah, I,
1: there's so much there that I was having a lot of fun with. Yeah. And I don't want to say that I was watching this and not enjoying myself. Of mm-hmm. course I was. It's like Natasha Lyonne, like, in a strange space, interacting um, in absurd ways with her very silly sense of humor and the concept itself was very fun. I, yeah. for, you know, particularly towards the beginning, I was having a lot of fun. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, all right, this is, we're back. This is very silly, absurd, all that stuff. Great. Um, I think... My expectation, though, was like, okay, that's the premise. That's our intro. Wonderful. I'm really enjoying that. I can't wait to get to know her mum more. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I can't wait to have, like, some kind of deeper understanding of her mum, her grandma, all that stuff. I think I have a basic deeper understanding of her grandma. I still have no idea who her mum is which makes me go why do we spend so much time doing that if we're not going to get to understand the woman the motives and all of that stuff
0: um first I'll say no let's we'll talk about we'll talk about her mum Nora first then the yeah I I disagree a little bit with that I think mm-hmm. they did do a pretty good job of getting us to understand it maybe not Nora but Nora's illness pretty well like I think by the end of this, Nadia has come to really understand just how troubled her mum was, mm. especially... But I also ep-
1: think, that you know, understanding someone's illness is not understanding who they are, though. And, um, like, I understand that she was sick, but I have no concept of who Nora was as a person.
0: Okay. Oh, on the sickness side of things first, though, I think they did a really good job with that, particularly episode three, I think it was, when Nadia mm. starts to experience the sort of schizophrenic illness that her experience that her mum was having was because like watching that episode I very quickly started to feel disorientated and like something doesn't feel right here and that just progressively got to the point of Nadia realizing that she was experiencing what was going on inside her mum's mind especially when they got to the asylum mm. and there was some incredibly effective cinematography to make you feel all of that as well. Mm-hmm. The performance from Natasha Leon, the edit, and then, the, and then the, the the camera work in particular, I was just like, I felt all of that and I felt that Nadia was feeling it. And then for at least on that level, I definitely understood that Nadia had a better sense and had come to peace a little bit with who her mother was based on how sick she was because she got to feel it. It's weird. Mm-hmm. This is this is in re- <laughs> this reminds me of something from the Ricky Gervais podcast. I don't like Ricky, Ricky Gervais anymore, but back in the day that was a good show. And Carl <laughs> Pilkington, Carl Pilkington used to used to come on that and have these ridiculous thoughts and they would poo poo them. But one thing That he, an idea that he kind of had, Carl Pilkington, Mm. was like, wouldn't it be cool if doctors could get inside your body and feel what you feel to understand? I remember that episode, yeah. Because, like, the problem you always have, and I say this as someone who works in the medical field as well, is that you are always trying to understand a person based on them trying to describe it. And, like, how you feel, pain, just as an example, is actually very hard to quantify and describe. Mm. And like, being particularly to-
1: if it's your norm, right? Then yes, how do you exactly compare right. it to someone else's norm? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Your my experience to the same illness might even be different to somebody else. Like this is, it's like it can yeah. be very, very different. And so, seeing like this is what happens in the show. Nadia gets to be inside her mother mm. and like gets a first hand experience of like, oh my god, this is what it feels like to be you. Mm. I understand you better now because this is fucked. Um, so that I really I thought was very, very effective. On the other hand, what you're saying about like Nora the person, beyond her illness, I get what you're saying. I guess the only way we really come by it is through Ruth. Ruth does try to explain at least how she understands Nora in relation to her mother. And that, how that relationship has been tough. And how her expectations have been very high. And how that 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 relationship between the two of them has been very tortured And probably has informed a lot of where Nora's rebelliousness or pushing herself away from her mum has come from. Mm. Um, So there was that element as well, but I don't disagree with you that it could have gone a little bit further potentially.
1: Did you ever have a moment of wondering why Ruth and Nora were friends?
0: Yes, 100%. I was
1: was very curious about that. I was like, I'd love some insight there.
0: And considering how important Mm. Ruth ultimately is to the conclusion of this series or the overall arc of this series for nadia i'm surprised we and the fact that it's fucking annie murphy yeah how we didn't spend more time with annie murphy's ruth why we didn't there was some cool scenes don't get me wrong i think the bit where she like sells her like there was there was one sequence where they're sitting down might have been after um ruth it's been a little while since i watched the series now but used like gave her old wedding ring away Mm -hmm. and they're at the bar at the bar afterwards, yeah, yeah, that was is like after that. a yep. wonderful scene. I thought mm-hmm. where you got to understand Ruth a lot, mm-hmm. um, but no, yeah, you could have. Gone, it made me understand
1: why Nora was friends with Ruth. Of
0: course, totally. an amazing friend. Totally, I have
1: no idea why Ruth is friends with Nora.
0: Yeah, I was were- still
1: left wondering about that.
0: We need to spend time in Nora's world beyond her just talking about her divorce, essentially. Yeah, like. That that's informative. Okay. But I uh, you don't understand Wait, whose divorce? Ruth's divorce, wasn't it? It was her no, wedding. Her husband ring. died. Oh husband died, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Still. That the that relationship that she no longer has with her husband. Mm. Um the you still understand why she is friends with Nora as you sat. What is yeah. she getting from that? Yeah. That makes sense. Make How did sense? it
1: begin? Like what was yeah. the Yeah, I I was curious and I thought we'd get there. And then when we didn't, I was like, oh, okay.
0: Isn't there an opportunity to, when Nadia figures out or starts to understand that she has, you know, by getting so involved in her, not even her own past, her family's past, Mm. she has ignored and missed the saying goodbye to Ruth mm-hmm. an opportunity to go back and maybe spend some time with Ruth yeah. when she was younger have and understand a deeper that. understanding be of there Ruth maybe and... when they first met you know yeah. back inside in Nora and like get to understand why they are friends where mm-hmm. they are and even why Ruth sticks around for so long yeah after. why
1: Ruth would even when Nora's gone um takes on that responsibility of looking after Nadia that like that story to me is fascinating and we yeah. don't get any of it
0: and that's the frustrating thing is there is for what it its ideas are big and and on paper the concepts work it felt like there were so many things left on the table and missed opportunities there i think mean, that's a perfect perfect example i do want to say also when you were talking about how fun it was like traveling back in time and stuff like that i thought the traveling back to 1982 new york was really well executed mm-hmm. and i don't mean like get on the the six trainer that was cool like it was extremely well realized um Mm -hmm. and felt very genuine and real and didn't feel like sometimes these things can feel a little bit like oh look we're in the 80s everyone's got crazy hair and like look at what they're (laughs) wearing um it just felt like oh this feels like a period of new york that has once was and now is Mm. no longer is and it i know it felt very legitimate to me uh, I also love the sequence where Nadia left a voicemail message on Nora's phone as well. I think it was yeah. the end of episode two, just asking her not to fuck it up. This is yeah. <laughs> like this is this yeah. is your fu- your daughter calling from mm. the future saying, please, please, please. I thought that was wonderful, wonderful scene. Um, how do you feel about the stuff with the grandmother? You thought that was a little more successful?
1: Um, just in terms of like, I guess, insight in terms of like, if so much of the story is going to be about, you know, inherited ways of coping or inherit, inherited trauma, um, all of that kind of stuff. It was informative in terms of, okay, if we're going to talk about the motivation of Nora or perhaps the things that dictate the decisions that she makes. I understand, you know, you're the daughter of one and immigrant mother, but also uh, a mother who has experienced, you know, fascism and, Mm -hmm. you know, fleeing for her life. Um, That made a lot of sense to me. So that part of it for me was good. I also just simply enjoyed Natasha Lyonne. um, Every scene in which she was engaging with that grandma and Mm -hmm. the dialogue that took place was just, it was just simply enjoyable to watch um speaking from like you know obviously she was Nora but very much not pretending to be Nora um talking as though she was Nadia I don't know it just made me giggle and it was an interesting story and not really where I guessed the show was going to go
0: sure hey, did you feel like it could have gone any steps further back or do you think like just stopping at the grandmother. I mean, really, the grandmother was the, her oldest known relative, I imagine, she had in connection to. So, going mm. back further than that might have been a bit redundant or not quite as compelling emotionally. But uh, have you seen Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness yet?
1: No, no spoilers. No spoilers. I was I booked tickets and then I had COVID, so I had yes. to refund them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, it's funny how sometimes an idea, you think you know where it's going to go, and it's like, oh, they did great things with it, but it's like, oh, I thought they were going to go further with this sometimes. like you mm. could, It's Russian Doll, right? It's like you could just keep going and going mm-hmm. and going and going a long way back if you wanted to and go really wild with it, and they never quite got there. But mm-hmm. I agree, that stuff was relatively good. It all really just added up to being able to find out that Nadia couldn't change the past. Yes. Which... Seemed pretty apparent the moment that the Krugerans went missing on the train. It's like, I think time yeah. is trying to tell you you can't yeah. fuck with the past. So, stop yeah. trying to fuck with the past. Yeah, um, definitely don't
1: take your baby self into the fucking future. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was of- so stressful for me to watch. I'm like, have you not watched a film? <laughs> don't do that. Don't that, do that.
0: That I love, though. as like an act of rebellion. Like, time yeah. won't won't let me do what I want to do. So, fuck yeah. it. I'm going to take my baby self yeah. into my present. And, and I think really generally
1: fuck <laughs> those kind of timey-wimey stories, the plot would not have allowed her to do that.
0: Totally, yeah. But
1: this time, you know, she was allowed to. So, it's like, oh, my God. And then obviously time starts falling apart. But, yeah, that, that was interesting if not incredibly stressful.
0: Totally. Okay, let's talk about that. Did you enjoy like the last two episodes in particular – She takes baby Nadia into Mm -hmm. her present and we go back. She breaks time Mm -hmm. and we're back at that party, her 36th birthday party from season one. How do you feel about returning to that again?
1: Okay. So, I wasn't too distracted by that because all I could feel was (laughs) this kind of compounding stress that she was (laughs) running out of time. To be with Ruth. Yes. I felt that so very much. Um, And so I think that building of stress was why I did not feel that from an audience perspective, that catharsis when we get to the end. But I could feel the building of she's running out of time with Ruth. She's so distracted. Mm -hmm. Um, She's so unfocused. She's unable to see what's right in front of her um why did you did that annoy you to be back at the party um
0: it, it excited me uh, in a little bit it excited me and there were like parts of it that i even enjoyed like when they go to the hospital and she goes to the morgue and she sees like all the bodies of herself yeah we see one of the do you remember in season one of those trio of guys that kept showing up yeah um you see them again when they were the ambulance drivers mm-hmm. um i didn't I am not sure how many times they show up this season, but there was at least one time, one of the cops that came to Nora's apartment to take her to the um, psych ward. Mm. They, one of those guys was one of the guys from last season, stuff like that. Um, But like, oh, this is like your outside time. You're seeing the mechanism of time that you sort Mm -hmm. of broke in season one. It was fun and it was fun, I guess. And like, Schrodinger's Ruth, was kind of cool too in terms of like she's mm-hmm. both dead and not dead and like is there anything Nadia can do about it? But um, it was like there was a little bit of me like they keep leaning on this season one thing. So the example I wanted to give was there was a moment where Nadia said time zones what a concept, mm. which is a riff on the very memed Thursday what a concept, one of my favourite uh, <laughs> Twitter uh, <laughs> profiles to follow. Mm. And then when Nadia was born, I can't remember the other woman's name, but her grandmother's friend mm. um, from Budapest said, sweet birthday, baby. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I
1: don't know you idea. know,
0: yeah. those You know those are like two of the things, like the catchphrases, quote unquote, that made mm. out of season one that people mm-hmm. still think about. I certainly mm. do. Um, and it annoyed me a little bit. They felt like they had to tie themselves so much to that season one. It was a nice surprise to be back in that bathroom. I kind of wish yeah. had more. I kind of wish it was more important though than just like, and we're back at the birthday party. How about that? Time's broken. It's like, well, make mm. it mean something more than it did. It, it never. It didn't. It, it felt as ultimately as fun as it was, as throwaway as the time zones, what a concept, and sweet birthday, baby bits. But anyway.
1: Yeah, I think like beyond simply signifying that universe time, all of mm-hmm. those concepts are playing. With Nadia, and she also is in that sand pit and playing as well, that it is playing with her in terms of, like, the callback to Sweet Birthday Baby or whatever. But beyond that, it doesn't really have a meaning that justifies its existence. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's not... It wasn't meta enough. Well, I don't know, but it's, like, because they redo the shot of her coming out and saying hi to everyone at the party. Like, mm. the exact same actors in the exact... I've rewatched that season one, couple of first episodes again since um, watching season two. It's like, uh, great. Mm. And? <laughs> yeah. Uh, apart from her and Al- Alan sort of arguing about what's happening, it was just like, this seems kind of pointless. And uh, yeah, a bit of a crutch. Um, How do you feel about... Uh, do you have any f- different thoughts on Horse? Something we came to at the end of season one, mm. or you explained to me, was like, Horse is a metaphor for Nadia's heroin addiction. Yeah. We see Horse early in this season. He calls her Nora... Nadia, Nora, before she even gets on the sixth train. Mm-hmm. And then Horse is there towards the end of the season and Nadia and well, Alan now pay. now he seems
1: to be some kind of mythological supernatural being that is, I don't know, time, space, movement itself. Like he seems to be within the fabric of existence or like living beyond it in a way that no one else is so previously in season one i thought he was a lovely metaphor for yes you know substance abuse all that kind of stuff and now he seems to be i don't know mythological other than um didn't really tie in as well this time around for me
0: my only i was trying to reconcile it's like let's say let's try and Continue the idea that horse is a metaphor, right? This Mm. close personal friend that she gets her in trouble or returns to. um, Is it possible that she's sort of fallen off the wagon approaching her 40th birthday Mm -hmm. with the stress of Ruth being unwell and she's sort of gone back to heroin um, and in doing so has become so like very self involved? It's almost like escapism is trying to change the past to make the present. But uh, let's mm. let's say even the time travel stuff is is all in her head, right? It's it's all
1: mm.
0: part of her experience on drugs. Yeah. The bit that still confuses, me, that's fine, I guess, to a point. The bit that confuses me is the bit where they Nadia and Alan have to pay him mm-hmm. to get to the point, sort of get back to the present, right? Yeah. That I don't mind. The idea that Nadia has to pay a price. Why is Alan paying a price? <laughs> Is Alan Alan using heroin as well? That's where I got confused.
1: Yeah. The metaphor broke down for me. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like I could connect. If I put my brain to it, I could connect dots in season one because I feel like they were there to connect. And this time I feel like you're making me work too hard. And sometimes I think perhaps you're making me do the work for you. Um, which I don't sure. appreciate as a viewer, in terms of like putting it all together and giving it a deeper meaning.
0: All right, let's move on from Nadia. Quickly, Alan's story. Do you have any particular thoughts about this? It kind of summed up to me like Alan's biggest problem was him being a perfectionist in season one, right? He was kind mm. of like he was he needed to be in control. And then his kind and maybe I'm oversimplifying this, but we didn't get enough time for it to mean much else. He oh, just had to come yeah. to grips with not being able to be in control. It's like, yeah, sometimes you can't change things. Sometimes you don't know what happened to that person. Maybe they did die. Maybe they made it to the other side of the Berlin Wall. It's okay.
1: It was... Cool. It, yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Cool. Um, My thought was like, okay, so that's happening to him as well. So if time... Um, plays with or gives access to certain people to experience these things for a reason um, and we know that it gives Nadia and Alan these kind of missions um, or circumstances to experience simultaneously. There is purpose for that, for them to be joined in that way. I have no fucking idea why Alan's experience of the past is tied to hers, I like yeah. it, it. Felt so disjointed to me, and it might be like you know a cool episode of Doctor Who about this guy who experiences that. I've got no idea why it's in Russian doll. I've got it's it's it feels so other than it feels so like afterthought. It it didn't connect in a way that was effective for me at all.
0: Season one in particular made it seem like, or my understanding was that what was happening to them was a direct was directly because they need to connect to each other Yes, right that was the whole point that's Mm -hmm. why this timey-wimey groundhog day situation was happening yeah so as you said this time around when alan's experiencing his own thing that does not tie back to Nora in any way you kind of like oh okay do these guys just they're just now sensitive to time feels
1: like it ends abruptly it begins abruptly ends abruptly (laughs) it's like what the fuck yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a weird side note in this season. Any last words? Final
0: thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes for me, Damask?
1: I don't. I, I watched it as soon as it came out. I kind of smashed through it and I just watched it to watch it and I didn't take any notes. So I apologize.
0: I've only got a couple. Um, just a line I liked. Um, well, that's a lovely story and I'm sorry about all that polio. It was a great little <laughs> one when, when Nadi was talking to mm. uh, Chez when he was older, or whatever. Yeah. The I body.
1: recently watched um, like one of those cute, I don't know, YouTube Vanity Fair interviews with Natasha Lyonne. And yes. people were doing impressions of her. Um, and she's like, and they were all doing like kind of rhymy things. And she's like, yeah, no, like rhyming's cool. But really like my sense of humor is just taking like random words and smashing them together and making <laughs> a sentence. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's, that's so much of the script of yeah. Nadia. Like, it's just absolute absurd statements that, I don't know, for whatever reason make me Google.
0: It's worth saying if you have a bit of an itch for Natasha Lyonne at the moment as well, She it's Sunday night here now. She was just on the season finale of Saturday Night Live she was hosting. Mm. Um, so that would be worth chasing up.
1: Also, Sorry, have you watched it. episode two of Drag Race All-Stars?
0: I found out today that Jinx Monsoon did Natasha Leon on Snatch Game and that made me want it. we started watching it tonight. I'm like I gotta watch it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Jinx is doing Natasha Leon, is yeah. it good? Is she good?
1: Well they do a double so every participant has to do a double snatch game. So they have to play two <gasps> characters. So she does <gasps> Natasha shit. Leon. Um, but I also don't think they give enough air to her Natasha Leon. Damn. But what she does is great. But good. she also does Judy Garland, which is phenomenal.
0: <gasps> Fantastic. Yeah, it's it's oh. yeah,
1: it's Surely Definitely. people
0: have done Judy Garland before on... They Not like have. Jinx
1: Monsoon. <laughs> Not I like Jinx Monsoon.
0: Oh, that's exciting. Um, I already mentioned the trio from season one, showing up the apartment and then the finale. The only other thing I was thinking about, they talk about Columbo a little bit in mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. Columbo gets brought up. Um, they talk about from the perspective that like that Steven Spielberg directed like the pilot or something of Columbo, which I didn't know. Um, but... Was like, was that a deliberate Easter egg? Because there was a period of time after Russian doll where everyone's like, mm. they should do a Columbo reboot and have <laughs> Natasha Leon be Columbo. Yeah. Which hasn't happened, but they but uh what's his name? Uh the director of The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson, is mm. doing a detective TV show with um with Natasha Leon, which is coming out later this year, apparently.
1: Cool. That's exciting. I didn't know to. that. So
0: I, th- I was like, I think that's a, I think it's an Easter egg uh, <laughs> and a fun little nod. Uh, highlights and lowlights. What was your low light of this season?
1: I think it was Alan's story was I mean, my that,
0: low light. That's the obvious answer, and certainly I'm going to say the same thing. Mm. I also want to say I did not love the stuff with Nadia and Maxine in Budapest. I, mm-hmm. which surprised me, because Maxine was a highlight of mine in season one. Mm-hmm. And I did not enjoy her. It's particularly an episode they dedicated to Nadia and Maxine being together and traveling and at a party and doing drugs and stuff. I found her not compelling or fun or anything. The one to have sucked. like
1: a baby with like a Nazi and stuff and like yeah. the, the leaning into her um, stupidity wasn't great.
0: No. Um,
1: yeah. No, I feel that.
0: Um, what was your highlight?
1: Oh, my highlight. Can you go first?
0: I'll say I think the I think the highlight for me was um episode three and the sequence, particularly where uh, well the sequence is building up to it even where Nadia starts to really experience um, her mother's mental illness. Mm-hmm. Particularly when it all sort of hits her in the um in the uh, the psych ward. But even the build-up to that, there was just this... And I talked about I was worried that like that there's a frantic energy this season. But in that episode, it was deliberately off-putting and very strange. and It made me feel very uneasy in, in all the right ways. I thought it was really, 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 really well done. Um, and I was extremely high on the show at, at episode three because of that.
1: I'm really struggling to think of a moment that stands out to me as a highlight, which I think is probably telling Mm -hmm. of the season. I mean, because I can't think of a moment, I just remember like, you know, random asides of Nadia's, which is pure Natasha Leone. So I'll always enjoy her performance. I guess that's got to be the highlight for me, but not necessarily a moment within the show.
0: I think that's worth saying. Like Natasha Leone, even if we didn't find this season as fulfilling or compelling as season Mm. one, fulfilling particularly as season one, Mm. It was still a joy spending time with the character of Nadia Always, and yeah. was excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any predictions, hopes, or concerns going into season three?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess my prediction is with how we left this season. Yep. Um the weight of I think the moment where she kind of comes back for Ruth's wake. For me, that is the moment before the realisation, the weight of the emotions behind really not being there for someone mm-hmm. and feeling alone. So, my, I guess my prediction for season three is the weight of that actually hitting and then we're going to have some kind of character growth because of that. Okay. That would be my prediction and my hope, I think.
0: Um, I like that hope in particular. I am predicting what season three is going to be. Mm-hmm. I think season one is very much about the present. Nadia mm-hmm. is can't escape the moment, that moment around mm-hmm. her 36th birthday. It's on repeat over and over and over and over and over and over again. Season two is about reconciling with the past yeah. at the expense of the present, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. My guess is if season three happens, and I would guess it would be the final season as well, that was yeah. even suggested if there was going to be more of it, they had initially pitched this as three seasons, would be about the future. My yeah. guess is it would kind of be the opposite of what this season was, where the uh, Nadia and Alan are able to travel into the future. They come back. They do something once they've got knowledge from the future that changes the future mm-hmm. and then it's all about trying to like whatever future they saw that they liked or didn't like, it's like every time they try to make a change, the future gets worse and worse and worse. And mm-hmm. ultimately the lesson is, because the lesson always seems to be about living in the present and living in the yeah. moment, is like the future is, isn't written, just don't worry about what's coming up, just live in the now and enjoy the now and the people around you that love you, et cetera. Mm. That's prediction. my guess. Yeah. Um, However, with Netflix at the moment, I'd be surprised if we even get a season three. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick. It's actually Sean's birthday today. Happy birthday, Sean. A.K.A. at Boy Draws. our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Brodery Gordas, on Twitter at B. B Gordes, B-G-O-R-D-E-S. Damask, you're still off Twitter?
1: I'm off all of that stuff, but if you want to contact me, just do it through the Hunting Seasons Twitter or email.
0: Cool. Next episode, which should be a couple of weeks away, we'll be back to discuss Atlanta Season 3. I haven't watched a single episode of that yet, but we love the first two seasons, and I'm hearing very good things about Season 3, at least when it first started airing again. So looking forward to that. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.